I'm Dr. Michelle Perez. And I'm Billy Liggett. And this Rise with Orange. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today. We're going to start by just getting right into the subject of of today's podcast. And then a little bit later at the end of the show, we'll get to know one of our guests. But with us today is Kendra Granger. She is the Global Engagement Coordinator here at Campbell University. She's also a Campbell alumna. And also returning to Rhymes with Orange, our first two-time guest, this is something to be proud of, is uh, Dr. Sal Mercogliano. He is the Associate Professor of History here at Campbell University. And they are here um, to talk about something that is very timely this week. As you know, this is Founders Week. And the theme of Founders Week this year is Campbell University's humble beginnings as Bowie's Creek Academy back in 1887. And Sal and Kendra are going to present this week on their findings where they went deep into Campbell's archives and they discovered where the original Bowie's Creek Academy stood. Um, A lot of rich history to it. I'll let them get into it. But first off, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Billy. Glad to be here. Let's just jump right in. Bowie's Creek Academy. It started out as a wooden campus. It burned down in 1900, and then Kivett Hall was built. But miraculously, I don't think anybody ever really knew where exactly that Bowie's Creek Academy original building stood until now. And tell us why you did the study, and uh, let's just begin there. It's the great mystery. <laughs> um, Sal and I have kind of worked together on a couple of public history topics, and we love to discuss public history, and of course Campbell history is closest to home here on campus. And so um, a part of the Founders Week committee, and this year our theme was Bowie's Creek Academy, and our Gaylord bobblehead is going to be the ultimate Bowie's Creek fan. So we thought that a great end of the week would be unveiling the location of the original Bowie's Creek Academy. So Sal and I had talked about this question of where is it located on campus last year a little bit, but we weren't able to really pursue it. So this year, it was really timely, so we got back together and we started thinking about it. And what we did know was that it was somewhere near where Kivet was, because that's what kind of the collective oral history in the area tells us. We know that it would have been within an acre of um, Bowie's Creek First Baptist Church because that's what Big Miracle at Little Bowie's Creek told us, but we didn't have an exact location. And so we started looking at some of the pictures and we decided let's, let's actually try to figure this out. So in order to actually figure out where it was located though, we needed some sort of Um, geographic placement. And so we have pictures of the academy, we have pictures of it being extended and built, but we didn't have anything that gave us any kind of reference to where it was located. Because everything burned down. Because everything burned (laughs) down in 1900, an arsonist tried to put a stop to J.A. Campbell's dream, did not succeed. Before, (laughs) but not only burned down Booz Creek Academy, Mm -hmm. also in 1900, the courthouse in Lillington burned down. So all of Harnett County records from 1855 (laughs) until 1900 were lost. And so there was no deeds, no record, no no, uh, track of of really where the academy was originally placed by by paper trail. And December 20th, that's that date, it there were also two other buildings that burned that night. There was a, a farmer's house was burned and a professor's house was burned. So this was actually the third building set on fire that night. Well, since both of you are, are so steeped in Campbell history, um, before we get into your research, 
tell us a little bit, a little bit more about that night in December, um, what you know, and I guess what's been passed down through stories. Well, we know that there are a number of accounts written of the fire. The one that I'm most familiar with is in McNeil's Ferry, which is about the family of the Kivitz and the McNeils, which is the family he married into. And that's the account where they give the description of the, the two buildings being burned first and then, of course, the fire burning. So when, when Bowie's Creek Academy set on fire, that's the stories when it was going up in flames, no one could put it out. They kind of gathered everybody together. By the time they got there, they couldn't save anything. And so J.A. Campbell like drops to his knees, and that's when the two students come up to him and they say, Don't worry, you know, Professor, we're going to build you a new building, and we'll, re- we'll rebuild Bowie's Creek Academy. It's almost then, like a movie scene where really, I picture really him on is. his knees and I think the, cameras, I heard... the camera's panned on him <laughs> and all you see yeah. in his reflection of his eyes is the flames it going is. up to well, save budget in the film, of course. And, to, <laughs> and today, President Creed spoke in Connections and he said, the orange flames against the black night. Eventually, our Artistic colors became <laughs> orange and black. And I oh, said, no, I no, no, love no. that. Now he's, now he's making <laughs> Can we start a legend? <laughs> well, he said he heard it somewhere else, so now I've got to track it down. But I love oh, that. Let's start he's made, it. He's made my job nothing but but finding out the truth behind legends like that. <laughs> well, the legend continues because that night, Jay Campbell goes to bed defeated. And he falls into a fetal position and won't get out of bed. And, of course, someone goes gets his good friend Z.T. Kivett from across the, the creek. So he comes over and he goes to Jay Campbell and he says, you know, Jim Archie, get out of bed and get a hump on you. We're going to rebuild your school and we'll rebuild it in brick. So one of the legends of us being the camels is that... Z.T. Kivett told J.A. Campbell to get a hump on him, referencing which, a camel. Which I disproved 115 <laughs> years later. <laughs> but the legends. <laughs> yeah. It's a great story, though, and it is definitely uh, the uh, Kivett Hall, which became, quote-unquote, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, tell us, uh, Dr. Mercogliano, tell us a little bit about Kivett and um, how that came to be. Well, Kivett being the oldest building on campus, I mean, all the way from the beginning, any tour of campus now marks, you know, the fact that Kivett is really the founding market. And for us, it was also the starting point to really figure out where everything was located. We knew, for for example, that the building had to be located close to where Kivett was. And that was always the center part of campus. And one of the reasons my interest in the story has been is being a person who's come to Campbell in the past 10 years, watching it grow, watching it shift, and, you know, where is the, you know, where is the center of campus today? Well, the center of campus, you can argue, is moving with our construction across 421. Uh, but back then, it, w- it was right there. It was right there between Kivett uh, uh, all the way to D. Rich, Pearson, and Cary Rich Library. But Kivett Hall was, was amazing because, again, an all-brick structure. Uh, the only brick structure in Harnett County, the largest brick structure, built by bricks that were made here in Harnett County. And so it was a really unique structure. And it's also the, the key for us finding the location of Bowie's Creek Academy, because without Kivett, we would not be able to find it, because as I mentioned before, all the written records have been lost. So we didn't really have much to go on to find the site. We wound up having to delve into the archive and really use photographic evidence to find it, and Kivett became the, the, the key linchpin to us finding Bowie's Creek Academy. Tell us more. So Kivit was the centerpiece. This is this is where we're we're looking for this building. K- Kendra and I have been interested again in finding this location for a while, and so all we had was was really photographic evidence, 
And so we, we sat around looking at it, and we just couldn't come up with a good location for it. We had a general area. Went back into the records, which good historians will always do, <laughs> and we started finding uh, evidence. And in the old Bowie's Creek Academy bulletins, the yearly kind of catalogs, they talk about the building of structures. And I, I actually thought about that one originally because we still do that in our catalogs. We always talk about new construction, new buildings. You know, Kitchen and Baldwin Hall just came down. And Usually so it, there's a campus map. Right. And, and, <laughs> so, and so I started looking for the campus map, and unfortunately the campus map wasn't there. But we did find these great graphics that show the construction of the original Bowie's Creek Academy. And it was constructed in waves. It was a, it was, it was a fragmentary piece, which is true of a lot of buildings in the 19th century. You build a core structure and you add on wings to it. Mount Vernon's that way. Uh, almost all structures of that way. And so we found the uh, the building. We knew we had these great pictures of what Bowie's Creek Academy looked like finished, but then we find this kind of lithograph imagery and then documentary evidence that talks about the building of the East Wing and the West Wing and then the library and then the main hall. And it was all great. And it was actually Kendra who hooked me on to the idea of the construction of this music room. And if you want to talk about the music room for yeah, a second. Yeah, there's this great picture of the burned campus where BCA used to stand, and it's such a sad picture. And it's under this picture that they often say, the arsonist's handiwork. <laughs> and so it's this picture of this long burned area, and there's this little white rectangular building that looks like it has a door on one side, maybe on the other side. Um, very simple little structure. And I noticed that having looked through the yearbooks a number of times, and especially the catalogs, there was always this little white building popping up behind pictures of the band. And I'm kind of obsessed with the band because I, I really love Professor Portis, who is the man with the amazing mustache. And so he shows up over and over again with his band in front of this little music room. I didn't know it was a music room. I just assumed it was because it's the band in front of it. But the only other place that that little music room appears anywhere in any pictures with BCA is also on a picture with BCA from one angle and the little white buildings on one end. I don't know how to describe that. And it's mentioned in the official documents in the, in the construction of BCA as being off the east end. So we knew it was on the east end of the building. So we had an orientation of the building. Uh, the picture gives us uh, an image of, of what the front and back is by the pitch of the roof. So we had a good idea of that. And as Kendra mentioned, there are numerous pictures of the band in front of this building. And year after year, you go through the Bowie's Creek Academy uh, uh, bulletin, which is digitized. It's on the, the Campbell University's library page. It's on the North Carolina State Archives page. And just kind of scrolling through there, went through and through it until all of a sudden there's a picture that pops up of the band in front of the building, which they always did. But this time we have a corner of a brick building. Dun, dun, and and it's, it's 1905, and the only one it can be is Kivett Hall. So that said, okay, we know it's close to Kivett Hall. Great. The problem is, what side of Kivett Hall? Because Kivett Hall is a big building. It's and what year was Kivett built? Kivett's... It was completed in 1903, because the building burned in 1900. Then they refitted that giant tabernacle they had built in 1898. The tabernacle could fit 2,000 people, and it was used for... Um, graduation ceremonies, chapel. So they fitted it up in time for the 1901 January session to start. They held classes there until Kivet was finished in 1903. It's the first iteration of the Convocation Center that exists for Campbell is the, is the tabernacle. So we had this image of the band in front of a corner of Kivet with the music room in the background. And Realizing that, I went to Kendra and said, is that the music room? And she said, yes, it is. That's the music room. Uh, knew this is corner of Kivet. 
We had the band members. Now we just had to figure out what corner of the building they were at. Now, Kivit is built as two large rectangular structures, one large one with a smaller one behind it. So that actually gives you eight corners to look at. Uh, and you can access six of those corners because when we added Wiggins Hall to it, you closed out two of the corners. So the question was, all right, which corner was it? Uh, the other thing we had to do is make sure this picture was accurate. One of the issues always on pictures is it was very common, especially in early 20th century pictures, was to put this on a glass negative, and sometimes the negative gets reversed. Mm -hmm. So is this reversed? Well, and, yeah. and, and we were worried about that, but then mm -hmm. looking at the uh, music instruments that everybody's holding, they are either all right-handed music players or we have a very strange left-handed group of music players. <laughs> uh, and since only 10% of people are southpaws, we figured out that this is probably all right-handed, the picture is not reversed. So now we had to go figure it out, and this is where my son Christopher and I kind of got a little bit investigative. We went out and took pictures in front of each of the corners we could access to see what it looked like. And in most of the corners, you have a window that appears. And the question was, were those windows originally there or were they added afterwards? This is, after all, a building built over 100 years ago. So again, we go into the documents, we go back into the imagery, look at pictures of Kivet when they were built, and lo and behold, the windows are original. So we came with two corners it could be. It could either be the very back corner, which would be the very kind of northwest corner of the building, northeast corner of the building, or the southeast corner of the building. Uh, and the only one that matches up for us is going to be that kind of uh, northeast corner. And it looked good, it matched, but we weren't 100% sure. And uh, this is where I got into a little bit that, that, that Kendra loves, is this kind of forensic bricology. <laughs> forensic where, bricology. Where, where we basically looked at the, the way the bricks are laid, because brick, bricks are laid in unique patterns. For uh, those they, of you listening, that's a new major here, <laughs> bricology. I'm going to, we're going to adopt it. I think it's a good one to use. But basically what we did is almost like a fingerprint, is we, we looked at how the bricks are laid. And the fact that bricks are laid in certain patterns, and what we did is looked at rows, and for seven rows they were laid long, ways and then all of a sudden on the next row they went they went uh, uh, short ways and then same thing another seven rows up and then they flipped it and then six rows up and they, they flipped it and lo and behold we match it with the corner and that is the corner and that is the corner we, we determined that is right by the administration building so if you're out in the uh, uh, area between Pearson Hall and D Rich and Cary Rich you're basically at that corner looking at the administration building. Can you uh, relive that moment when you we're matching up the bricks. <laughs> I, Finally. <laughs> I actually, there was multiple pictures I took of the corners of the building with my son, and we were looking at it, and we, we, we actually thought we were at one different corner for a minute, but then the window didn't match up. And again, mm -hmm. the, the, we mm -hmm. kept going back and forth with the window. And then so finally we sat there, and, and we actually had to get a better picture. We had to get a, a better imagery. And, and again, because these images are scanned in, uh, into the database, we were able to pull them up, get a very close magnification of it on our computer screen, and my son and I were sitting there counting it. And it was a very, it was exciting. It really was because <laughs> introduce a kid to history. We, we, we knew way. we had the corner right there, and that corner then gives us the footprint of not where Kivet is, but where the music room is, and that, that that was the key thing because we knew the music room was behind that corner, behind the band, 
And so we basically placed the music room basically, and, and this is a rough estimation because we didn't get into really triangulating and, and, and angles here, but roughly we put it right about in the center of the administration building. I like to think it's where President Creed sits every day. So. <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's, so it's, it's, it's poetic. It's poetic. So, so that's where we think it is. Knowing that this is the east side of the building and because of the pitch of the roof, we were able to build a structure. So using a very high-tech tool called Google, uh, we pulled up a, a Google map of, of the campus, uh, built the structure based on the way the building was built according to mm -hmm. the Campbell uh, uh, Academy guide, mm -hmm. built that structure. We estimated, if there is an estimation in here, is how far off the music room was mm -hmm. from the building. We weren't 100% sure, so we estimated about 50 feet. We sounded good. That's about far enough away from music mm -hmm. and for it to be undamaged by the fire. Mm -hmm. And that basically, that overlay puts it right over the top of Kivit. Uh, it would actually lay right over Kibbit. And plus, there was also another object that, that came into mind here once we laid it over the top of Kibbit, and that's the old well, which was located right where Wiggins is, uh, where the walkway, the, the kind of the access walkway up to Wiggins is. There was an old well there. And that gives us a nice alignment between the two buildings. Uh, we also then wanted to check, well, which that would put the building facing along marsh banks. And why would the building be facing Marshbanks on the Marshbanks Road? And then we went into a road guide. We pulled up an old soil map from 1916 that has the original road overlay of Bowie's Creek. And at that time, Leslie Campbell doesn't exist, the road. The 421 area uh, around Bowie's Creek doesn't exist. And the main road that, that existed was actually the brickway that's all bricked over now from Marshbanks uh, cafeteria all the way to the large fountain that's in front of the oasis. That was the main road. That was actually a, a major road. Uh, and that road would have then T-boned into marsh banks. And if you go left, it'll take you to Coates. But more importantly, if you go right, that'll take you to Dunn. And that was always the center of all the academy's written work. If you the railroad come, came in. Right. If you're going to come to Campbell, you, you come by the way of Dunn. So, so the front of the, uh, of the university would have been facing on Marshbanks, right where we do our parade, would have been the right, would have been the front door to, to Campbell. So all this just shows that this isn't, it really only, it comes down to two photos. The, <laughs> the one, and I know we're audio here, but you have it in front of you, the one where the band one day decides, let's get Kivit kind of in our shot for, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you know. It's not even like a. It's not like it was even meant to be because, Kivitz not established in the shot. It's not like hey, let's take a picture in front of our new building. It's like Kivitz also like just kind of there, accidentally almost. Well, and I so really, you have that. I really think it's purposeful because at that time everyone was taking their pictures in front of Kivitz, but the band always took their picture in front of the music room. So I, I like to so think they that wanted they wanted to okay. said, blend the old with the new. Yeah, if you look at the uh, catalogs from 1905 and, and, and later, uh, every picture is in front of Kivitz, in front of a window, yeah. in front of an area, clubs and, and teams Very staked, proud out, of Kivit. staked out their, their parts. And then after this, I think this is the last photo mm -hmm. I remember seeing mm -hmm. the music room in, so I think it probably was torn down not too, too long after this because it really wouldn't have served a purpose because Kivit was built with a music room inside of it. So Kendra, um, I know we're almost we're almost out of time here, but Kendra, um, wrapping all this up. So the discovery's been made. We we have a very very good idea of where where Bowie's Creek Academy was, and we're going to kind of unveil that this week. Talk about this week's event, and just as a historian, as someone who absolutely loves Campbell history as yourself, uh, just kind of. Um, 
the satisfaction you got out of taking part in this project? Mm. So this week's Founders Week excitements include Thursday's plaque unveiling. We've got a marker that will recognize the location of the original BCA, um, Bowie's Creek Academy, which is the foundation of our university. And our theme this week for Founders Week is foundations. And Founders Week gives us an opportunity every year to retell this story. And understanding where we come from, understanding our foundations is so important. Help us appreciate where we are. And also our, our motto is ad astra per aspra, to the stars through difficulties. And those difficulties include many difficulties. And for BCA, one of their biggest difficulties was this fire. So remembering it rem reminds us of the character, the perseverance, the endurance, the hardships. Um, that all of our founders went through in order to continue to let Bowie's Creek Academy live. And so as an alumna, I, I love Campbell. I'm very Campbell proud. And knowing the location of this original building is really like a personal journey. And I think Sal has spoken about that for um, just his wife and also being an alumna. The personal journey of discovering where our foundations are placed is so nice because I walk campus all the time, but I don't have a way to remember BCA. There's no marker. And until a few years ago, we just got that G.A. Campbell statue, and now the man himself stands in a place of campus he would have known very well. Looking at the rest of campus, which has changed a whole lot since 1887. So I encourage Especially all the students to... where that to, statue is looking right oh, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all kinds of new stuff. So I'm excited for future students, for current students that continue to remember these stories. And for me, this was really personal and really great to bring this all about to full circle and help be a part of answering the mystery. It's also very interesting that this comes at a time where the campus is undergoing major, major change. And uh, it's really nice to be able to look back and see where we came from. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you both for sharing the story. And uh, anybody who wants to learn more, um, show up to the event on Thursday. What oh, yeah. time is that? I think it's at 11. Okay. It's 11. all over social media. And we'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have more on this. We'll have more of this in the upcoming Campbell Magazine. We'll have more on this on our website. So uh, thank you, Dr. Macagliano and Kendra Granger. Uh, Thank you. That's all I can say. <laughs> You're so welcome. You're welcome, Billy. Thank you. I got a letterman sweater with a letter in front. I got for football and track. I'm proud to wear it now when I cruise around the other parts of the town. I got my decal and back. So be true to your school. And we're back, and uh, once again, thank you to Dr. Sal Mercogliano. Um, he uh, he did he put a lot of work into this, and I think uh, it's pretty exciting uh, what uh, Kendra and Sal uh, found through their research here. But um, right now, we're just going. We just, we still have Kendra in studio, and Kendra Granger. I've known you for about six years now, back when you were Kendra Erickson, and. Um, ever since I've known you, you've been really, like, the one thing I know about you is you've been really excited about Campbell University. And so, uh, tell us, uh, what even got you at Campbell University? Well, I was homeschooled, grew up in Raleigh, 
And when I turned 16, I graduated, and mom said, you cannot move out until you're 18. So I had to go someplace within driving distance. <laughs> so I checked out Campbell, attended one class at Dr. Farmer, just check out, and I loved it from the minute I was on campus. Um, the family atmosphere, the small classes, the faculty knew the students, and it was small enough that I, as a homeschool student, could quickly adjust, but big enough that it was full of adventure and, and experiences I was all excited about. So. Um, I was English major here at Campbell, and during a study abroad program, I fell in love with public history. We were in England, and I was taking a tour through Henry VIII's house, and a tour guide just really captured my imagination. I said, I love history, and I love storytelling. That's really why I was an English major. So I, after Campbell, I went to NC State and got a master's in public history. And um, soon after graduating, I got back in touch with Dr. Donna Waldron here at Campbell, and she um, encouraged me to apply for a position with the then Office of Study Abroad. So I came on board as an adjunct history professor and the administrative assistant for study abroad in foreign language. And now, seven years later, we are now the Global Engagement Office, and I am now the Global Engagement Coordinator. I want to go back to being a 16-year-old college student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I ran out of classes to take, and we figured, well, you can either dual enroll at Wake Tech or start a four-year institution. So I pursued NC State, Peace, and Campbell, and then had to make a choice between the three of those. I attended a class at each school, which I highly recommend if you're looking into whether or not you want to attend a school is like to actually sit yeah. yeah I just sat in a class I had friends there so I just oh, attended okay. one lecture yeah. okay. <laughs> no but you can do that at a number of yeah. universities yeah I just sat in one in one class and what I loved about it was I realized in, in college no one asks how old you are so if I yeah. if I didn't speak or <laughs> didn't tell anybody they didn't know I was only um 16 but um but yeah, no, I loved it. It was the first time I wore a backpack from class to class. And, you know, uh, I had different professors for every single class. And I, I loved it. Freedom. <laughs> Campbell was a big, wide world to me. I'll edit out the silence there then. <laughs> um, uh, Can I ask about uh, Global Ed? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. What would... How would you uh, recommend that we encourage students to participate in global education? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. I wasn't prepared for that question, but I come up with a good answer. <laughs> As a young college student, this may be the only time in your life it's a window of opportunity to take off more than 10 days, which is as much vacation time as you get in a full-time job, to take more than 10 days to go experience the world, to go explore a different part of the world. It's the only time in your life you may have access to financial aid to help you do it. And it's definitely the only time in your life where this will actually further your academic degree accomplishments. Like It's required sometimes to take classes that you could get abroad. And so why not travel the world, complete degree requirements, use financial aid, make best friends, see the world as a student Many costs are lower, and so you can get discounts on traveling and discounts on housing. So I tell all young people that if you've, you know, myself, I did not have a passport, and I'd never been away from home more than a week. So as an 18-year-old traveling to England on a study abroad program for a month, that was a huge adventure for me, and it just opened my world. I tend to be a rather bit of a homebody, but going 
to England and coming back just showed me that there's so many ways I can apply the things that I love to do more than it's outside my little bubble of influence. There's a wide world out there. And so study abroad, it expands your global worldview. It expands the applications of your degree. It expands um, your personal confidence and your um, your ability to take care of yourself and to accomplish huge things you didn't think you could study abroad is is really where it's at if you are looking for a great you know memory making life changing experience getting outside of your comfort zone and accomplishing um, a study abroad program an internship a language school experience that is that will probably be your favorite part of your college experience it's one thing i I feel like I missed out on in college. So, I agree. Yeah, when, when I hear people's experiences. It's gotten easier and easier, and that's one thing that's really neat about, um, especially at Campbell, is, you know, Dr. Creed is very supportive of study abroad. Your faculty are increasingly more and more supportive. The degrees are enabling you to do it more and more. So, you know, there's really not an excuse. There's not an excuse not to pursue it, at least, just to learn about it. And it really shouldn't be a question of if you're going to study abroad or if you're going to go. It really should be a question of when. Come in as a freshman and ask right away and plan for it. The earlier you plan, the more possible it is to accomplish that goal. Kendra, we're coming up on 30 minutes, so we're, we are going to cut it short. We'd love to have you back on, though. Um, I, I will ask you one more question is, uh, how was your first podcast? You said coming oh, in. Oh, I'm <laughs> so excited. It was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> I Good. could do this every day. <laughs> well, thank you so much, because we might bring you back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to both you and Dr. McCagliano. Thank you, Dr. Perez. And, uh, We'll see you again next week. Go Camels!